I married my college sweetheart. But soon after we got married, all of our friends moved out of state. We discovered that after I do class, this group has been a blessing. We've become close friends with a wonderful community. They care and hold us accountable. Serving, Serving Christ, Christ is always better, better together. together. Okay, so uh, we've been in a series uh, these last few weeks uh, just talking about uh, what makes this place different than an awful lot of other places that you and I have been. What, what, what is it that God is doing in this place? Why, why are we so willing to invite our friends and to talk about this place? And what, why does it seem like so many lives are being changed so deeply and so pro- profoundly in this place? And what we've said is maybe, just maybe, because we all get that it's God. We get that no person and no group of people is doing this. But the reality is we've been in a lot of places uh, before and maybe other churches before and haven't seen God work in the way that he's working here. And we said, why? why? Why would it be here? And we've said to each other, part of that might be because we put ourselves in a position to say, God, we, we want you to do something remarkable, out of the box, incredible here. And we've done that by having values, screens that we run every decision that happens in this place through those screens. And because of that, that you and I have put ourselves in a position to simply just say, God, okay, we have positioned ourselves in a place where hopefully it is easy for you, it is inviting for you to do what you're going to do in this place. And we've been uh, talking about that for last week, and and today we're going to talk about this idea of community. And the reality is every single church out there is going to talk about community and doing life together. But what we've said together is we will be a church of community, that we will not be satisfied to do life solo, one-on-one, and that uh, it will be uncomfortable in this place uh, if you try to do it by yourself, because we're going to link arms and do life together. So we're going to unpack that. So it wraps up our uh, series together, and so we're going to land with that one uh, in this room today. But before we do that, I want to give you a quick update on uh, flood. And uh, some of you would be familiar with flood. Some of you would have no idea uh, what we're talking about. But I think nearly just about two years ago, uh, we were sitting in this room. We said, look, uh, we're going to a fifth service uh, people just keep coming. The place is filling up. And I don't know if you know this, but from the time you get serious about building a building, it takes three years to get a building done. And so we looked at each other and said, look, if we don't get going on this, we're going to be in trouble. We're already going to five services. If we wait, we could be at six and seven and eight. And so we talked about expanding uh, this room. We talked about building an amazing, out-of-the-box, incredible children's building out here. We talked about building some adult space where adults could have community and, and learn Scripture and and so that was the plan. That was a flood. And we talked about it, and we all got ready to do it. Timing on it was perfect. The <laughs> reason some are laughing is because uh, we literally launched into this. We said, let's go. And within 30 days, the whole economic thing hit, and bam. And uh, uh, we ended up raising less than, less than a quarter of what we needed to move forward. And so the challenge uh, in the meantime has been to say, okay, given what's going on, given where we are, how do we take what we have raised, what we have done, and leverage that as far forward as we can? Somewhere we're going to have to re-engage. This, this issue's not going away. Uh, these buildings are filling up. Somewhere we're going to have to come back and talk. But 
in the meantime, how do we take what has been given, leverage that just as far as we possibly can? So here's what we've been able to do with what we've been given uh, so far. Uh, one of the commitments that we made, uh, and you would know about it, is that uh, there is an orphanage in Kenya uh, where kids are sleeping, two and three kids to a bed. And actually, they're stacked bunk beds, so by the time you get done that, there's like eight kids in, in these stacked bunk beds. And we said, what, how cool would it be if we built a dormitory for them where every kid had their own bed? And so we've been going forward with that. We've been helping with that. You need to know that even as we sit here today, construction is going forward on the dormitory in Haruma. Our hope, our prayer is, is that we would be able to get that all the way to done uh, with them and for them. We've been leveraging what you've been giving toward that. Uh, the other thing that we've done is that you and I have purchased offices. Uh, if you and I have been around here uh, any length of time at all, you know that on Sunday morning, we use every room on this site. We use closets, what used to be closets for classrooms. I mean, it's crazy. And, and for years, and we have never, we haven't been on this campus. And if you ever try to come in the middle of the week and find one of us, we're not here. Uh, our offices are off-site. So we actually have purchased uh, office buildings. You and I own uh, some office buildings. The plan, the hope is, is that when we begin to re-engage, when we move forward on this, we'd like to sell those office buildings, use any proceeds we have to come back, and eventually, for the first time in like eight, nine years, have our offices back on this site together. So you could come here, you could actually find uh, your staff. So you and I own offices, that's uh, the plan. Uh, the third thing is, is that if you were here, you knew that part of the plan was we had to get more land. We can't build the parking lots we need. We can't get it done on this present uh, piece of land. And so there's actually three smaller pieces of land back behind us that we need to eventually get. We haven't been able to do all that yet. With what we, but what we have been able to do is we're uh, well on the way, pretty much close to contract and being able to get done, getting the most important piece of the three pieces of land. Okay? The linchpin, in other words, the piece that if we don't get it, then none of it makes sense. So that most important, most pivotal piece of land, uh, we're in the process, you and I are in the process of purchasing and getting that land secured uh, for our future. So that's what we've been able to do with what you've given us so far, which I, I just think is pretty cool, and, and uh, we've gotten pretty far with that. Now the curveball. The curveball is this. When we realized where we were financially and that not all of it was coming in, we ended up having to back out of some contracts on some land. Uh, we had put deposits down, and we said out loud, we said, guys, if we can't go forward, if we have to go backward, we'll lose some deposits. Some of that's going to happen. And that did. We lost some deposits in the process. But also in the process, something that none of us expected, none of us even saw coming, uh, the gentleman that we had hired as our project manager came to us and said, okay, so you guys are pushing pause on the project. You need to pay me as if we were doing the whole project. And we said, no. Uh, that, why would we do that? That feels a little bit like uh, Wimpy from Popeye. Do you remember the old Popeye cartoons and Wimpy? I'll gladly pay you on Thursday for a hamburger today. And we just said, no. Uh, we're not going to pay you everything now and then have you come back and work for us for free then. No, when, when we do the project, we'll pay you. And he said to us, there's a line. There's a sentence in my contract that says, you have to pay me even though you're not going forward. And we looked at that line in the contract in that sentence and we said, we don't think that's what that line says. We don't think 
that's what we agreed to at all. And he said, no, that's what that line says. So we've been in discussion back and forth saying, look, when we start the pro when we go, we'll pay you gladly. We've already paid you everything you're due now, but not. So there has not been an agreement. There has not a, been a meeting of the minds. We are going to end up in arbitration December 1st. We're going to argue. That's not what the line says in the contract. We shouldn't have to pay somebody who hasn't done the work yet. If you guys look out at our parking lot, you can tell the work hasn't been done yet. He's going to argue, no, 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 no. That's what the line in the contract says, so pay me. And an arbiter is going to decide this. And you need to know that if the arbiter decides that that's really what the line in the contract says and decides in his favor, that's going to be a big hit to flood. It's going to be a chunk uh, coming out of the flood money. It's going to keep us from being able to do some of the things that we want to do, need to do going forward. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pray that fairness wins, that what's right prevails. And uh, our heart is we would pay somebody everything they were ever due. We just don't pay people for things they haven't done. So would you join me? Would you pray with me between now and December 1st? Because you get not every time you go into arbitration like this, not every time that a man makes a decision is it always fair. And so we're just praying for fair. We're saying, God, whatever is fair, whatever is right, that's what we'd like to have happen out of this. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to pray from now. I'm going to ask you to pray through December 1st about this issue. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask us to stand today and pray together to begin this thing, to start this thing. Okay, so go ahead and stand together if you would. Uh, you ready? <laughs> I'm going to ask us to join hands. Okay? So go ahead. Before you think about it, just do it. Okay, because if you think about it, the guys are all going to freak out. Okay, and guys, look, look, it, it's, okay. I'm, it's okay. Now, if he begins to squeeze your hand, you can let go, okay? At, at that point, you have my permission, but it's okay. Between now and December 1st, every day, let's pray. Okay, so here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, I just, I just come before you, and God, at the end of the day, here's the answer. That money is your money. It just is. And God, we... We just don't feel it's right to give somebody money for work that has never been done. And so, God, we're just going to ask that you would allow the arbiter in this case to just have a clear mind and a clear heart that, that what is fair and what is right would prevail. And, uh, God, if, 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 it's your, if it's your desire that this man have a chunk of that money, then, then God, we're then do that. God, if we can steward it better and use it for the kingdom more effectively, then God, we're just going to ask that you would preserve it for us and for you and for this place. And then, God, no matter how it gets decided, no matter what comes out of it, we're going to treat this man the way Jesus would treat this man, and we're going to have grace and honor, and we choose to be Christ-like, no matter what the arbiter's answer is. And this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, you guys can grab a seat. Let's get digging in. We told you we're going to talk about uh, this idea of community. And here's the deal. You and I are better when we live our lives rubbing up against, when we live our lives in contact with other believers. That, that actually probably one of the craziest things that you and I could ever do is try to be Superman Christian. 
solo Christian. That you and I are not wired that way by God. That matter of fact, that by the very nature of who you are and, and the very nature of how we were created, God knew that, and it's the very reason He invented the church was so that you and I would tackle life arm in arm, hand in hand. Because, you ready? We are better together. Now, it is super, super easy in a church this size to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty content just sitting in the purple chairs. And I'm growing more than I've ever grown. God is doing things in my life that he's never done before. And here's the reality. I don't have to be in community to do that. Because, see here, Lynn, here's, here's the answer. I really, really, really like the church. I just don't like people. Here's the dilemma, okay? If you stay in the purple chairs, if you try to experience church in this room, here, here, you can attend church. You'll never be the church. So let me say that one more time, guys. If you're only, if you're only contact, if, if, if how you navigate this is to be an individual, come in here. Let's just be honest. I mean, the only human contact we get in here is if we uh, have to talk to the guy in the line at the coffee counter or whenever they get up here and make you shake hands. I mean, that's, the, that's, that's it. So if you simply experience the church from the purple chairs, then you can attend church. You can be a consumer of church. You will never be the church from the purple chairs. Yeah. And I get it. I get some of you going, well, but Lynn, that's okay with me. That's okay. I already told you. I'm, I'm growing. I'm getting further. I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm fine doing this uh, absolutely uh, solo. And here's what you're going to discover. That as long as you and I stay isolated, as long as you and I stay the lone ranger of our Christian faith, you will have a harder time than the rest of us, you will struggle, and chances are you'll be done. So let's just talk. There's a great passing scripture I just want us to uh, do together. It's Hebrews chapter 10 that I think absolutely unpacks this issue for you. And I'm hoping that when you walk out of here, you're going to say today, it is absolutely crazy to be in the church and not be the church. It is crazy to do my walk with God in isolation and outside of community with other believers. Hebrews chapter 10, and if you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and work to the left, you're going to find this passage. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Here's what it says. Let us, not let you, not solo, not by yourself, let us us. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Ready? And let us, not a bunch of lone rangers, not a bunch of I'm going to get there before you do, not a bunch of I don't care if you fall, I'm going to keep going. Let us. 
Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Ready? Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I was going to get. It is not an accident. It, it isn't just a flip of the pen that as God was penning this passage that he over and over and over again says, guys, 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 this is a team sport. Following me, being part of me, being a Christian is a team activity. It is not solo. Let us. So here we go. Four, four places that I think just absolutely explodes the power of when you and I do life, do church together and not in isolation. So go back up with me to verse 23. Here it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us hold. Here's what it's simply saying. You and I, as we li- are going to have to take a stand, you and I, this is not easy stuff. Matter of fact, the truth is, let's just be honest, the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life is follow Christ. This is not a task for sissies. And you try to do that by yourself. Let us hold, because, because, you ready? We are stronger together. We are stronger side by, than you will ever be by yourself. Okay, so let's do this. All right, I need, I need like a small young lady from the audience. Okay? Okay, all right, we're going to try it. All right, here we go. Let us. Here we go. There we go. Okay. Woo, we did small. Okay. All right. Okay, so you're going to be us. Okay, you're us. Just stand right there. Okay, now I need, I need like kind of an average-sized young man from the audience, normal-sized. All right, come on. Dude, you're not. Dude, this happened last hour, too. You're not normal-sized. Come on. Gee, money. On what planet are you normal-sized? This is the guy I don't want to meet in an alley, and he's normal-sized. All right, come on. Dude, this is so wrong. You did that just to mock me, didn't you? All right, jeez. You should have come up for the next part, you dog. All right. Normal size. All right, you're going to stand over here. Okay. You are going to be Satan. Okay? (laughs) Satan. Mr. Normal Sized. Okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Every, you guys get it. There's an enemy. I mean, we, sometimes we don't want to talk about this. Sometimes we don't want to think about this. There's an enemy. There's an enemy who knows exactly where you're vulnerable, exactly where you and I struggle. See, here's the deal. You could, you could come today, and, and you could bring all sorts of options for sin, and you could just start laying them on the platform for me. So you, you could bring drugs. Can I, you could put drugs. I, I would no more feel compelled to take drugs. But that's not true for everybody in the room. Some people in the room, you put the right drug up here, you'd be sweating spiritual bullets. 
You could put a stack of money up here. Man, it's just, it's just not what gets me. But put money up here for you. Man, you'd be going, what do I have to do? But here's what you need to know about me. There are some things you could put on this stage. That if you put them, I, man, I, I'd be in trouble. I'd be in, you don't think the enemy knows exactly what that is in your life? What is exactly your weakest spot, your weakest moment? And, and don't you know that that's where he's going to go after? Okay, here's what I'm going to do. All right, so we're going to say this is your heart, okay? This is your heart back here. Got to protect your heart, okay? He gets to your heart, he's going to mess your life up, okay? Stop him from getting to your heart. Okay, Satan, here's going to do. You're just going to walk into her heart. You're just going to go right over there, okay? All right, count of three. Ready? One, two, three, go. Stop him, stop him, stop him. All right, come back. All right, stay there, stay there. All right, you go back over there, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. All right, all right, so... So you get the moment, God. Here, here's the thing. In that place where you and I are, that story's going to happen a hundred times if you're doing this solo. All right, here's what I need. I need two men in the audience who say, he's not getting past me. Two men. All right, one. Come on. Come on, dude. Ha, 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 ha. I need one more. Come on, baby. Who? Hello. All right. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to lock up, baby. We're, no, no, no. We're doing the grab him there. You grab her. Right, no, grab her right there. Just Red Rover stuff. Stand over here. Don't grab her elbow. Grab, there you go. Grab him, grab him. There. Okay, grab him there. You grab, grab her right there. Grab her, grab her right there. There you go. All right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, so here's the deal. Now, dude, here's the deal. Okay, this is just an illustration. <laughs> and she's got parents, and they own guns. Okay, so you're going to make this look good, but you're not going to hurt her. Okay, all right, so Satan, here's what you're going to do. Satan, you're going you're gonna to go. You can even use more energy this time, and you're going to go for her heart. You guys are going to stop. Okay, go, Satan. All right. Okay, you guys can go. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Satan. All right. Guys, 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 guys. You get, you get that that's the church and community. Because here's the deal. You and I have moments that we're vulnerable, we're weakened, but you get there are people sitting in this room who don't have the same temptation you do. And if you've lined your life up with them, if they're in your life at that moment, in the moment you're sweating spiritual bullets going, man, 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 they're going to go, what? No, 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 no way. Freshman year of Bible college. 
we moved out of the dorm, me and one of my best friends, David. We're working at a freight dock, so we're loading trucks, and then we're driving home late at night, about 2 o'clock at night. My friend David is driving his old Ford Fairlane, hunk of junk car. And uh, we're heading home, and uh, lo and behold, we come up behind this Jeep. It uh, doesn't have the top on, so it's just, you know, free-flowing. And I turned to my friend David, and I said, hey, uh, those two girls riding in the Jeep, I, I don't think they have their tops on. And David says, no, Lynn, I mean, it's obvious the Jeep doesn't have its top on. And I said, no, the two young ladies in the Jeep, I don't think, have their tops on. To which my friend David sped up. <laughs> we pulled up alongside the Jeep. Sure enough, uh, neither of the young ladies had uh, their tops on, and they began to wave to us. C can I tell you that in that moment, my, my heart came up with all the wrong answers, all the wrong answers. See, I'd grown up in a fairly sheltered home. I'd grown up with my mom, and then I'd gone off to Bible college, and I'd lived in the dorm the whole time with curfews and people watching. And, and for the first time, I'm out on my own, and we're renting an apartment, and it's just me, and it's Dave, and it's 2 o'clock at night, and here's two girls waving, all the wrong answers. My friend Dave had been on a journey in his life where he'd gone there before. He'd done some stuff you shouldn't do, and he'd learned what he needed to learn, and he'd made a full-on commitment to God. He said, look, I'm just, I'm done with all of that. I'm not, I'm not going to be with him until I get married. That's my commitment before you, God. And in that moment when I'm, my friend Dave, as fast as that little six-cylinder fair lane would go, I guarantee it's the first time those girls ever had two guys run from them. And I'm going to my friend Dave, hey! I've wondered a whole bunch of times since then, what would have happened if I'd have been driving that car by myself? See, the reason I don't sit in front of you with a whole bunch of regret this morning is because I was with my friend. I was doing life in community with another believer. And in my weakest moment, in my moment, he wasn't weak. You and I, you ready for this? Are stronger together. Because every one of us has a weakness. Everybody, every one of us has a place in our life where we're like a little girl. And you and I need strong Christians on either side saying, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Let's go back to the passage. Second, let us. Verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Spur. You get that's kind of a horsemanship term. I mean, that's digging in, and it hurts a little bit. But here, here's what you figure out. Every one of us in this room has blind spots. Every one of us has things in our life that we just have no idea. We have no idea we're causing that damage. We have no idea that we're hurting that heart. We have no idea that we're tripping over that same issue continuously and that our spiritual life is suffering and that people around us are suffering. It's a blind spot. I've got a pretty cool car. I've got a 350Z, and it's a 
convertible, so it's got the rag top thing going over it. Here's the downside. It's got a huge, huge blind spot. And, and unless I take extraordinary measures every time I change lanes to look about six different, that blind spot gets me. So I'm driving a while back down the 202, and I, I'm just flow of traffic, moving along, check my mirrors, look where my, do, do the, all the normal stuff, start moving over in the other lane. And suddenly I hear, and I look in my rearview mirror, and here's a car sliding down the 202, and then the two cars behind. I had no idea. I mean, I, I would have never I'd gone over if I blind spot. Every one of us in our lives has things that you just don't get. You don't even know. You don't even, you don't even perceive that that's a problem. I mean, that's just how you've always been, and that's what it is. And, and if you're not careful, you'll be doing unspeakable and told damage. Not even trying. Fifteen years old, and I'm sitting in the car one evening with my youth pastor, and we've been out just kind of talking about God and Bible and all this stuff. And I'm getting ready to go in, and Wayne looks at me and he says, Lane, can I say something to you that you're not going to want to hear? I said, well, Wayne, sure, you know, why not? And uh, he says, you are just like your dad. Now, to get, to get what just happened... My parents divorced when I was nine, and I just made a resolution in my heart. I just said, look, I don't need any God who would let that happen to my family, and I will hate my dad till the day I die. That was my covenant. And so I looked at Wayne, and I said, Wayne, you're crazy. I, I have lived every moment of my life not to be like, how dare you? How could you ever say that about me? I, every decision I make, I say, what would dad do? And I do the opposite. You know what he said? He said, Lynn, that's the problem. That every single decision you make, your dad's face comes up in your mind. And in your effort to be so different than him, and so, the truth is he's become a reference point to you. And you're kind of like an old married couple. You ever seen an old married couple that they live together so long they start looking like each other? <laughs> and he said, Lynn, you've lived so long with your hatred for your dad, you look like your dad. Because you get that some of the decisions he makes out of his life must have come out of woundedness too. I said, how do I change that? because that's not what I want. And he said, you're going to have to forgive him. You're going to you're gonna have to let him off the hook so he's not the picture in your heart every time. And can I just say, man, I hated that. I hated that answer. Can I tell you that if I hadn't had a friend like Wayne, someone who could poke at my, I don't think I would have ever figured that one out. I, I think I'd be sitting in front of you today still hating my dad and looking an awful lot like him. And the reality is, for all, every one of us, there are things in your life that you need someone to love you enough and care about you enough, but more than ready, be close enough to you 
because you're not the Lone Ranger Christian and you're not doing this by yourself and they can sit you down in a car some evening and say, hey, can I just, can I just say something to you about a blind spot? Because every one of us has a blind spot. Third reason, third reason you and I want to be in community. Back to verse 24. Let us not give up meeting together. And guys, we've been saying this. We've been saying, no, no, look, look, don't do this solo. Don't, don't do this by yourselves. It's not how you're supposed to do. But here's what I'm saying. So look, look, look. You going by yourself, you living this thing in isolation. Guys, I'm just going to say it out loud, okay? It's dumb. It's dumb. I don't know any other way to say it. It's dumb. Because here's what, let me tell you why. Because if you do this by yourself, if you're a Christ follower, I don't care how committed you are, I don't care how hard you do this, you're going to do it the hard way because you're going to have to figure out every single issue on your own. And doing it the hard way is hard. And you're going to have things that you go, I don't get it. I've been trying to get my devotions on track and I just can't get it there. I don't get it. I don't get why my marriage isn't working right. I, I don't get, I'm, I'm trying to serve God in my business, and, and yet there's all sorts of other pressure, and I just can't get there. My kids are in rebellion. How's that possible? I've done so much to parent them well, and I've tried so, I don't get it. And here's what you got to do. There are people in this room who've gone exactly where you're trying to go. They've navigated the moment. You're, see, they've already, they've already landed an amazing marriage. See, they've already, they've already lived through kids who rebelled, and they've gotten to the other side and won their kids' hearts back. See, they've already been madly successful in business, yet they've done it with keeping Christ in the center. They've already gone where you're trying to go. And you and I are crazy not to leverage that into our lives, to have those people close enough to us to say, talk to me about my marriage. Tell me what you figured out the hard way so I don't have to. I'm about four years into youth ministry, and man, my youth group stank. I just don't know any other ways. Man, it stank. I knew it. The kids knew it. Crazy part was just down the street, not very far, was this church. And I mean, there are kids everywhere, and, and they were on fire for Jesus, and I mean, the, you couldn't keep them away. And someone said to me one day, hey, you know what, I can, I can get you an appointment with that youth pastor over there. You know what my first instinct was? Well, no, I can't go meet with him, because see, look, I was part of this really small and really mean denomination, and if you weren't part of my denomination, then everybody else was going to hell. And I just said, no, I, I don't need to meet with Satan, thank you. <laughs> I'll figure, ready? I'll figure it out myself. Hey, guys, this is why we don't ask for directions, right? When it's just asking for directions, that's okay. When it's life, it's dumb. And finally, I reconsidered, and I said, you know what? Let, yeah, I'll, I'll take that appointment. And so there I found myself sitting across the booth from Satan, and I just said, look, I'm struggling. I can't figure out youth ministry and something's going on at your place. You know what I figured out pretty quick? He wasn't Satan. But you know what the interesting thing was? He pulled out a napkin and he said, look, 
have you developed a strong philosophy of ministry? Have you ever built your ministry around the pyramid? And I went, what? And on a napkin, in 30 minutes, he began to scribble, and I went, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And almost instantaneously, my ministry went from just absolutely struggling, I didn't even want to go to my own youth group, to thriving, <laughs> to thriving. And guys, you just need to hear this. Some of you, some of us in this room are a napkin conversation away from changing our marriages, from recovering our kids, from being able to live in a workplace and still have our Christian testimony. We're a napkin conversation away. And you know why we're not? Because we're not living in community. And the people in this room who have already gone where we want to go are not up against our lives. And can I just say one more time, that's stupid. That's a dumb way to live. Fourth one. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Every last one of us in this room is going to have a moment in your life that you need someone to say the right thing to your heart. Because you'll be on the verge of giving up. You'll be on the verge of walking away and saying, look, I'm just done. I'm just done. Because here, are you ready? No matter how no matter how faithful you are, no matter how diligent you are, no matter how determined you are, no, no matter, at some point, life will show up in your life. The bottom will fall out. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And your kids will go south. Your finances will blow up. Your best friend will betray. Your spouse will go crazy. Because life shows up. And in that moment, in that moment, here's what you and I will do, because it's what we do. God, this isn't fair. I've been faithful. I've been doing what you said to do. I've been following. And this is wrong. This is wrong. And if you can let this happen to me, as hard as I've been doing, as careful as I've been, as obedient, if you can do this, it's what we'll do. And in that moment, you're going to need another believer to speak into your life encouragement. You know what encouragement is? Encourage. Fill with courage. We got a gal in the church. I asked her, I said, can I tell this story? She says, yeah, Lynn, you can tell my story. She's a great guy. She serves every Sunday. If I told you her name, you'd go, man, she's just, she's a remarkable Christian. She is. She's a remarkable Christian. But can I tell you that her journey recently has been with a husband who doesn't know the Lord. And he just decided to sit down. He just said, I'm done. And sat down. I'm not going to help with the kids. I'm not going to work anymore. I'm not going to participate in our relationship. I'm going to sit down here on the couch, and I'm done. So here she is, now single income, 
raising, did I mention, six kids. Well, if you think about it, maybe seven kids. They've had to downsize their house twice because her income couldn't keep the original house. She's, she has to get her kids ready. She has to bring her kids to church. She has to keep the household together. And all the while, he's sick. And in the midst of that, can I just say, in the midst of that, there's moments. There's moments you're sitting at home alone at night, and here's what your heart says. This is unfair. This is not what I signed up for. This is wrong. And there have been moments in her heart she just wanted to say. And yet in that moment, there have been Christians here who come alongside and said, no, 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 we can do this. We can honor God. And we'll do it with you. Encouraged. And you know what I love about this place? I love that the parts of our body, the people in this room didn't just speak words, they backed it up with actions. Because one of the things she said out loud is she said, I think I'm losing my son. I think my son is so angry at his dad and so frustrated at God for letting it happen. He says, I think I'm losing my boy. And a couple of the men in the church who were encouraging her said, we, we, we think we can help with that. And so they began to, to invite her son to say, hey, you know what? Because they were on the tech team here at the church. They said, why don't you just come help us on Sundays with, you know, push some buttons. And they ended up letting him run one of the cameras for a couple Sundays and the kid just lit up. That kid's life totally changed, totally transformed. You know why? Because his mom was living in community and had believers around in courage. You want to hear something really, really cool? That young man is working our camera this morning. His name's Dylan. Yeah. And he would tell you today, this place rescued me. But the answer is it's because his mom was living in community. In the darkest moments of her life, there was someone to call on. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. If you're here being the solo Christian, you're here doing this by yourself. You are crazy, 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 crazy. And I get it. I get, I get that living in community is hard, and I get that living in community means you're going to have to do something else. I get that living in community means you're going to have to get beyond the... I get it. But as long as you and I stay in the purple chairs, you will not be the church. You will simply consume at the church. So what are you going to do? Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we simply come before you, and we just simply say, please... Please, would you all across this room in all sorts of lives just click, just cause us to go, I get it, I get it. I'm, I'm not supposed to be the lone ranger Christian. I'm not supposed to do this by myself. And that we would seek to live our lives alongside of, in community with other believers because we're stronger together. Because every one of us in this room has blind spots that we will never see unless somebody has permission 
to speak into our lives. Because every one of us is going to get to a moment we're ready to give up and we'll be the one that needs to be encouraged. So God, please, today, draw us together into community. And this we pray in Jesus' name.